a discussion of life and theology from First Baptist Church in Portland, Tennessee. This is the First Word Podcast. Welcome to the First Word Podcast. Yeah, this is Jacob, Mike, and David from First Baptist Church in Portland, Tennessee, where we will discuss all things theology, life, and random awesomeness. Controversy. Church life, which many times is separate than life life. (laughs) (laughs) Or it is more consuming, all-consuming than life life. Yes. Or it is your life life. (laughs) Yeah. And where those, all those things coincide sometimes, you know? Yeah. So the purpose of this podcast, first word, is to inform, uh, it is to edify, it is to equip, it is to dig deep, but also to have fun. We'll deal with issues, some within our church in our local context, um, some things we do in our own lives or things we struggle with, maybe some things we disagree with. Um, but even though it, it, a lot of this is personal into our direct context in Portland, rural area, north of Nashville, Tennessee, um, it's applicable to uh, really any context, church context, uh, Christians, families seeking to, to live for Christ. So we want to to put this out to the world, um, starting here. But it's not going to be like a PBS special. It's not? Like, I mean, it's not going to be like monotone, all of us agreeing. Because I think if the podcast that I listen to, and, and I told you guys, there's like three things I look for. I look to be informed. Um, I look to be entertained a little bit. But I also look for a little bit of back and forth. You know, just some controversy a little bit, I guess. Well, that might be a bad word because I don't I wanna... disagree with that. Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> right off the bat. I, mean, <laughs> I don't want to repent for anything I say before I go to sleep every night. But, you know, just some back and forth, you know, some, hey, these are some topics that are hitting the church, hitting um, our lives. We may not necessarily agree on them, but we can discuss them in a way that helps educate and lift up the body. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think there needs to be more of that in the in the church and in the world, period. More cordial discussion and dialogue, discussing ideas and not demonizing people. And yeah. uh, we should be able to, to differ on matters and still be able to love people afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So who's our audience? You, you are our audience, you who are listening. Haley no. Dickens. Yes, thank you for supporting this podcast. <laughs> I, and, and I guarantee my wife is going to listen to this. Why? Um, because she has already warned me to choose my words carefully. <laughs> and, and, and I told her, I was like, babe, you know me. You, you know how I am. She said, I'll reiterate again. I want you to cho- choose your words carefully. <laughs> she actually asked us to put this on a delay. So that we could edit some of the content out before it's published. Okay, so I love you, babe. uh, Jan will be our editor. Mm, Okay, mm. Um, so So really, this is going to be a podcast between you and Mike. Yes, yes. So my wife doesn't even know about this podcast, and we'll see how long that lasts. So with that being said, so we are three pastors at First Baptist in Portland, Tennessee. Um, 
you may hear from um, one of us in a week with a guest or all three of us or two of us discussing a topic, but you will always hear from one of us in this podcast. We'll be One of us will be the host, um, but we'll cover a whole wide array of topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we look forward to, to spending some time with you, maybe on your drive or while you're folding clothes or uh, mowing your lawn. Um, yeah. Maybe it'll be good sleep time material. <laughs> you know? It, it'll allow someone to set the mood right, to close their eyes, get a little shut eye. You know, for those people who uh, can't sleep without a controversy, mm. that's that's perfect. That yeah. is. That's right. Well, I hope we have less controversy yeah. here than we <laughs> Yep. Oh, what are you talking about? No. no. Hey, we all we all get along well. We love each other. Mm. Um, we're we're all pursuing the same mission for the glory of God together. Uh, I love these guys, and I'm I'm grateful that you, uh, one in two people that are listening, are tuning in to this. Yes. So. We we rely solely on your generosity. So <laughs> yeah, we can't thank yeah. you enough for that. <laughs> well, you want to start us off with intros. Jacob? Yeah, well, I am Jacob Haywood, um, just recently pastoring here at First Baptist. Um, this is my wife's hometown here in Portland, and not our home church, but her family goes way back here. Her grandparents attended here, and and um, God's, God's led us here, and I'm grateful for that. I am... Um, passionate about apologetics so we'll have some several topics that come up in the the months and years um, following in apologetics but I focus on the problem of evil and suffering and so um, I seek to proclaim and defend two truths one God is good and two there is hope and so uh, that's that's what I seek to pursue in pastoral work and in different writing projects and grief ministries and so that's a little about me um how about you mike my name is mike bird with a y i am a florida boy uh, born and raised converted to a tennessean uh i I actually love the mountains i love it up here go vols um i don't know about all that but (laughs) i do like we got our we got our first disagreement guys uh, (laughs) um how did you end up an alabama fan my dad's from Tuscaloosa. Wait, you're a Bama up. fan? It's true. It is true. Where's the mute button? <laughs> yeah. uh, so this is a podcast of one. <laughs> although Tennessee has a he has an up they have recruited Jake Merklinger, which is a former student of mine. Oh, uh, cool. From from Savannah, Georgia. So, so you need to at least root for them. Oh yeah. While he plays, right? I'll pray about it. But I, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm happy for him. Um, how can you over spiritualize a connection to Tennessee balls by praying about supporting them. Listen, I don't know. I'm trying not to demonize. Over spiritualizing is better than demonizing. Okay. Yeah. You know, so I am over the teenagers here at the uh, at our church and the rec department. Um, just trying to stay alive. You know, we get we get pretty pretty intense. They played Shelby Bunny last night. Ooh, um, I heard and, that in some areas that game is banned. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, well, not so here. I'm, I'm glad I, no one died. I know. Uh, it was kind of a last minute. I had another game prepared, but I'm all about students leading, and they came with like three bags of gigantic marshmallows. <laughs> um, and so I said, you know what? Fine. <laughs> and I told our adult leaders, hey, that's great on leadership. standby. Hey, that's great leadership. That, exactly. So. That's a uh, 
that could be an activity we could do on the podcast. Oh, good. Chubby Bunny? <laughs> yeah, Chubby Bunny. You know. I actually participated in a Chubby Bunny contest at a church camp before. There's a secret to it. You can shove it way back in the oh, corner. Wow. Now, there's a problem with it because it produces a lot of saliva mm-hmm. and you don't have anywhere to put the saliva. <laughs> so you're either sitting over, like letting it drain out, or you just attempt to let the sugar that's dissolving in your mouth absorb what's left. Wow. Well, then it gets sticky and they oh, all man. they don't become like separate marshmallows inside <laughs> your mouth. They all blend into one it does. huge Podcast, dear podcast listener, you never know what you're going to hear. <laughs> That's it. So, anyways, uh, it was fun, uh, at least fun to watch. And so, but yeah, I, uh, I love our group. We got a good group. So, that's me. I am looking forward to these talks. Awesome. And awesome. Um, I'm David. I'm David Hayes. I to give you a little heads up who I have been. I was in banking for about 20 years. And, um, Ended up going to uh, responding to God's call, uh, being obedient to God's call to ministry, and stayed in banking while I was being obedient to God's call. I've uh, been at FBC. I left banking about 18 months ago and have been at FBC for about 18 months. I'm the pastor of administration and discipleship. Um, my roles are to uh, take care of discipleship or to administer discipleship at First Baptist and then also to take care of a lot of the business side of the church um, to work with um, our committees and our established officers to make the best decision to help FBC move forward um, with their building, their ministries, grounds, you know, all sorts of things. Um, And it's been a fun job. You know, I I tell people all the time, they ask me, in fact, I was asked this morning, do I miss banking? And the answer is no, I, I miss the people. I miss the people, but I absolutely love the opportunity of being able to work in ministry, especially at a place like First Baptist, which um, for many of you guys who listen will know that that's where Jan and I first, my wife and I, first started attending when we were married. So we've kind of been at First Baptist off and on for 20 years. So it's it's like a coming home. Well, and that that's a blessing to this church. I know mm-hmm. it's a blessing to me being new, um, coming into the church, having someone on staff like you who, who know the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the community and the community and been plugged in um, not I love the team God has put together here uh, and so yeah me too yeah to add to that I mean it's been a really amazing to see how he's worked mm-hmm. yeah I think Mike and I talked and kind of mentioned it yesterday it's like God's been playing 4D chess and we're just now realizing we're sitting at a table getting ready to play a game but he's already several moves ahead of us you know it's like <laughs> That is a deep analogy for the sovereignty of God. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. I speak in illustration. Actually, my spiritual gift is gifts and memes, or gifs and memes, however you say that. That's my spiritual gift. So I'll upload y'all. I have which book of the Bible is that? Is in Romans? It's Revelation, actually. Oh, okay. You know, because they speak so much in pictures and oh, okay, yeah, yeah. apocalyptic. Yeah, that's right. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Well. We don't want to gab too much about ourselves and what, um, just we don't want to just talk for talking's sake. Uh, we did want to introduce ourselves in the podcast here, first word podcast. But um, one thing we all seek to do, we do seek to grow in our relationship with Christ. So we're in God's Word, but also uh, we're in other works, we're in other books, and um, we all agree 
and believe that we each should be lifelong learners. Mm-hmm. Everybody should be growing in sanctification and, and knowledge and understanding of God until, actually, I think we'll be growing in that for all eternity, to yes. be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, we, when we get to heaven, we won't have all our, our questions answered. And uh, God's nature, his everything about him is inexhaustible. Mm-hmm. And for all eternity, I think we'll we'll be learning new things about it's just yeah, yeah. Um, but so we we seek to do that now. So um, one thing I ask the guys let's let's talk about what we're reading right yeah. now. So with hopes of hey maybe you the listener want to read one of these books or you hear a little about why we're pursuing maybe this topic or this book at this time. Um, I'll start us off. I'm always reading several books at a time, um, but one I've purposely sought out. I don't remember where I heard of it, but I saw it highly recommended, but it's called Your Future Self Will Thank You, mm. Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science. So it's a guide for sinners, quitters, and procrastinators, and it's by Drew Dyke. And so here, I, I want to read the about for this. It says, why can't I control my anger or stop overeating or wasting time online? Why can't I seem to finish my projects or make progress in my spiritual life? Why do I fall for the same stupid temptations over and over again? So maybe you feel that way. When we fail, it's easy to make excuses or blame our circumstances, but let's face it. The biggest enemy is usually the one staring back at us from the mirror every morning. We lack self-control. Self-control isn't very popular these days. We tend to think of it as boring, confining, the cop that shows up and shuts down the party. But the truth is that people who cultivate this vital virtue lead freer, happier, and more meaningful lives. After all, our, after all, our bad habits, from the slight to the serious, bring a host of painful consequences. Ultimately, they keep us from becoming the people God created us to be. Your future self will thank you is a compassionate and humorous guide to breaking bad habits and growing your willpower. It explores scripture's teaching on how to live a disciplined life while offering practical strategies for growing based on the science of self-control. Whether you want to deepen your spiritual life, conquer an addiction, or kick your nail-biting habit, this book will help you get motivated, stay on track, and achieve your goals. Sure, self-control is hard, but it doesn't have to be that hard. Get the help you need to be freer, happier, and more productive. Your future self will thank you. So that's the book that I have on my list to read, but I can't um, get myself, I, I can't have enough self-control to get around to read. It's a book I, on procrastination, was, and I, you're procrastinating to read I'm, I'm joking. That was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> no, to be honest, the reason I'm reading that, part of my daily prayer, um, I have a little prayer journal, and I pray through several things every day. But one thing I pray through every day is that I will embody the fruit of the Spirit that day. Mm. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The thing I am that's the hardest for me in that, and that I pray the hardest about is is self-control. Um, I'm always wanting to feed the flesh, uh, literally, actually. <laughs> um, and so even, you know, I, I will, I'll overeat or I'll, it, it's just easy for me to not do the hard things. Um, but isn't that really indicative? I mean, of it's natural, uh, right? Yeah. Of I mean, it even exists in the church, really, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can look at situations where Scripture is saying, "Live your life this way," 
and point this way, but when we as the church, and Paul wrote letters to the Galatians and, and, and other places, and, and what they were doing was trying to feed themselves in a way, yeah. trying to turn themselves away and feed what was natural to them, mm-hmm. you know, instead of what obeying what God says. Yeah. So that, that's a good word. How did you discover this book? I don't remember. Okay. But I saw it recommended from someone trusted online. And so, um, yeah. And I think you hit the word. I think the other thing that we, when we, sh- when you, even you share quotes in your sermon, we're sharing trusted authors. Right. You know, trusted, those who we trust that not only teach well, but adhere to scripture. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's one of them I'm reading for personal edification right now. What about you, Mike? I'm reading this book called The Beauty of Intolerance. Uh, it's by Josh and Sean McDowell. And really, yeah. their whole uh, premise on that is uh, having a biblical worldview on morality. Mm. Um, because we live in a culture that is all about what they say is tolerance. Um, but, you know, that comes with so many implications, right? Uh, basically, tolerance is, you know, you can have your own moral truth and that's true for you. And I can have my own separate moral truth and that's true for me. Um, but the thing about it is, even within this so-called tolerance, it's like, how dare you say anybody else can't believe the same thing that you believe? Right? What, if, you, what if my truth is different than yours, Mike? Exactly. So that's the great um, kind of quagmire in it all. And so... Um, you know, I've heard it. I read a book by Vodibachum in mm-hmm. college called The Ever-Loving Truth. I think that's what it's called. But I remember one thing about it. And it was an illustration about how to refute a moral, uh, a relativist, mm-hmm. a moral relativist. And it's, uh, you punch him in the face. There you go. <laughs> you know, see, hey, we, we need some sound effects for this podcast also, because really that would have been like a boxing bell. Ding, ding. <laughs> yeah. You know? Or when you're like, Vody Bacham, cash, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, it, because they'll immediately say, oh, that's not right. Why, why would you do that? Well, you could say, well, I just felt like it was the right thing to do. Nobody would <laughs> nobody would say that's the right thing. Yeah. Right. And yeah. there you I'll, counter I'll me on that. that. So illustration. Yeah, even the judge wouldn't buy that argument, right. you know, in, in physical confrontation. So there are moral rights yeah. and yeah. wrongs. Yeah. And, um, yeah. He used the illustration of cutting a, a six foot two by four. He said we have a standard measurement system that is that tells me exactly what six foot is. So I can based off of that, I can Line it up, measure it up, and cut a six-foot board. How do you know what's six foot? Well, you line it back up with There's a, a standard. Yes. And so in the same way, there is uh, God in his word sets standards for our lives to yeah. live by. And what I really find fascinating about this book is how how parents really struggle with, with this with their kids um, these days or with their teenagers. Um, it gives a lot of good, potent illustrations on uh, parents that – you know, they just, they're following God's word and his will, but they don't know how to articulate, uh, you know, or have a, have a wholesome conversation with their kids on, you know, why, why this is wrong or why that's wrong. And their kid, you know, there's this, this button of heads, like, how can you say that's wrong? Dad, you're intolerant, you know, and there, there's this friction there. And so it's really unpacking how to have those conversations in, a, in an effective way instead of just agreeing to disagree or leaving and, you know, both kind of kind of 
tensions run high for a while yeah. and never really bring resolve to it. That's and so, good. I like anything from the McDowell's yeah, yeah, in terms of apologetics. It's good. So Yeah, that's awesome. What about you, Dave? Um, you know, you go to seminary and then you read, 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 and then you take a break from reading when you graduate from seminary. <laughs> yeah. A one long way, hiatus. One, yeah. one way I describe seminary to people is it makes you read books you wouldn't read otherwise. That's right. Mm-hmm. Read, read, read. And, and you do. Um, and so what's been interesting is in the first this year, I, I just grabbed a stack of books that I have in my, in my um, office, and I started putting them to the side and said, I'm going to read these this year. Well, one book I just finished, and it's called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction by Eugene Peterson. Dude, you just read that? I read that on vacation. Okay. Yeah. It's the first time I read it. He's he's one of my favorites. Yeah. It, it's called, the subtitle is Discipleship in an Instant Society. So the, the last three or four books I've read have all been on discipleship. But this one is a little different. Um, I've heard it referred to in the past. That's actually why I bought it. I heard a sermon. They were referring to it, along obedience in the same direction. Um, but it follows 15 psalms, Psalms 120 through 34, which are psalms of ascent that pilgrims would um, state, express, say, as they're going into Jerusalem. So what he does, he turns this into uh, pictures of discipleship and con- in the context of pilgrimage. So it's connecting discipleship in our own life with that of a pilgrimage. And he he says this, it says, who we are and where we're going. So it helps define, this book helps really define by using these Psalms of who we are in Christ, where we're going in Christ, what discipleship looks like. And it's not instant. It's not this microwave society, which really contrasts American society that wants everything like right now. Hmm. And he calls it a counter to American easy answers and solutions. Mm. I think even in the church we do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey, what's our next program? What's gonna, what are we going to do this time that's going to help bring, you know, create these results? And I, I believe that's something we have taught ourselves, that that's what the church is about, it's what discipleship's about. We have to have something on the calendar in order to move us in a certain right. direction. And, and he really contrasts that. Well, he... He lived that out. Mm. I you can know you know better. Well, I, like. I um, really he's the reason in in a large part I'm here at First Baptist Portland. Why I pursued that call mm. um, because he he's a scholar, he's a writer. Mm. Um, I seek somewhat to be that, um, but I'm called to be a pastor, and he he pastored a, a small church small area for 30 something years. Mm. He loved the people. Um, he still devoted time to writing academia, but he, he planted his life with the people. Um, and I think that's very honorable and, and mm-hmm. I long for that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have the glitz and glamor that you don't have to have the big stage. I mean, he had a big writing stage, but he plugged in and lived life and served and love to people. I long for that. And the one who brought into my attention was Russell Moore. Yeah. And Russell Moore, after Eugene Peterson passed away, Russell Moore wrote several articles about him. And so I was reading those articles by Russell Moore that really took my attention to him because we really didn't read him in seminary, right? Um, The one thing I knew about him before seminary was he wrote or translated into the message, the Bible into the message. Yeah. 
but Russell Moore really pointed my attention uh, to him. Um, real quick, two other books. Um, one I'm reading just for enjoyment. Um, I actually, I don't know if we call it Twitter now, if we call it X, if we call it tweets, if we call it, you know, what do we call it now? But anyway, I was on Twitter. Um, a guy I follow had picked up a copy of The Great Divorce, C.S. Lewis's The Great Divorce in an airport. Started reading that. Uh, that's a great book. I enjoy reading that. And then the next one I'm going to read is The Holiness of God by R.C. Sproul. Nice. Um, there are certain books that I haven't read. Um, this is one of them that I've been looking forward to reading for a while. Yeah. I just haven't had a chance some to Heavy hitters there. Yeah. Well, some of it's like C.S. Lewis. That's fine. You know, but it really, there's a lot of truth in it oh, as yeah, well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Colorful truth. Yeah. That's, that's what C.S. Lewis is all about. Like, he paints such a picture, you know? I love that. I love that phrase, Mike. Colorful truth. That's good. Yeah. Welcome to use it. Well, <laughs> you know, that's really in The Great Divorce because they're coming from hell. They're riding a bus from hell and getting a picture of what the outside of heaven really yeah. looks like. Mm. But most people are content with their where they currently are, which is in hell, yeah, you know, or on the pathway to oh, hell, yeah. um, and really explain away reasons why they don't want to be a part of what they see in heaven, yeah, you know, yeah. So, the grumbler was my favorite character so far. Why? I think I see. It's easy to see that character who looks like they have it all together spiritually. And not realize that grumbling is actually something that separates them. It's sinful. Yeah. Um, but it's so subtle, we don't really pick up on it, and it exists in all of our lives. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It caused, that. that's what caused the Israelites to wander in the wilderness yes, for 40 years. Yeah. yeah. When they could have had a, the abundance <clears throat> of life or the promised land. He called them stiff-necked people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You bunch of stiff-necked people. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. We, have, we have too much to thank God for to, to grumble and complain. That's right, for sure. Yeah, sometimes the culture is created by that too. Like if you just kind of a, you know field a couple grumbles, then before you know it, it you know it rolls out of control. And I could see that for the Israelites. I could see that for me. Oh yeah, just full transparency. You know, yeah. I can see that it's easy. It's easy to fall into. So yeah. I just realized all my authors were dead. Also, you know, <laughs> some of the best authors are. The ones that you can't hear from a podcast now, but they're, they 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 leave content and you know, they pass that's, away. That's why I want us to write. That's why I write. But even while I want us to, we we seek to put out articles. Mm-hmm. I, I once heard it said, um, "If you want to outlive your life, write." Yeah, there's really no other way. I mean, you got videos and stuff now, but uh, written word is what lasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, think, how did God do it? How did God choose to communicate with us? Through his word. Through his word. Through, through, through writing. An active yeah. word of God. Yeah, and it continues on. Um, and so, yeah. Well, so we're grateful. Y'all have tuned in. Listen so to us ramble and talk about uh, some of uh, who we are and what God's doing in our lives through, through readings. Um, we encourage you to be a reader. Uh, maybe check out one of these books and we'll... Talk about different resources as this goes on. Um, We hope you'll tune in to our next episode, whatever it might be. (laughs) Stay tuned, my friends. (laughs) But uh, we're grateful you want to be a part of First Word, a ministry of First Baptist in Portland, Tennessee. So thanks for tuning in. This is Jacob, Mike, and David. God bless.